Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I hope everything is going good for you this week. It was, of course, the week of Ostara. In the background, you will hear some music. I do not have the rights to this. This is a Pandora station called Wardruna Radio. And um, you're going to hear that in the background as the time goes on. I'm going to be joined a little bit later by my wife, Kelly. I'm right here. Who's uh, helping my son do some stuff out in the kitchen. And with that said, um, today's conversation is going to be a little different. It's going to be about um, actually planting for your garden. And a little bit different stuff, which is a Anglo-Saxon or Norse, I don't want to say flower garden, herb garden, cooking garden, medicine garden, however you want to look at it. So we're going to get into that today and maybe some other stuff. So I hope you enjoy uh, Modern Heathen Man. With that said, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself some coffee, some mead, some beer, whatever you like. Sit back and it's a nice day to enjoy Modern Heathen Man. So let's begin, Kel. Let's talk a little bit about, I guess, our history with gardening. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever kept a garden as a kid or not. Mm, I My dad kept a little bit of a garden. Um, he always tried to grow tomatoes, uh, cosmos, which are, were his favorite flower. Okay. Um, some little things here and there. I don't remember much. Um, the one thing I do remember was we had nightshade growing wild by our shed we had a little metal shed and there was nightshade growing wild and i was always told to stay away from it gotcha it was poisonous don't even touch it like it was worse than poison ivy don't touch it kind right. of thing um but i think that's kind of where i fell in love with the whole belladonna poison garden kind of thing because it fascinated me okay but uh my grandfather was a gardener um he grew roses and right. he was really really good at growing roses and I hate my middle name, but that's where I got it from, gotcha. um, was his love of roses. He gave me my middle name. And every year, because I was born in June, um, he would give me roses for my birthday. Nice. I also so, have a heartwarming story about roses and my grandfather. So um, my grandfather, when I remember, is every year, like for anniversaries, birthdays, or whatever for my grandmother, he would plant her a rose bush. And, you know, I've always asked him, why don't you just get her flowers? It's a lot easier than, you know, taking care of rose bushes. And he sat me down and he told me a story that when he's gone and he's not here anymore to love her, that as these times come up and as spring comes up and these begin to bloom, these are all her anniversaries, her birthdays, and all the times he showed her love by growing these roses for her. So each and every time they bloomed, she would remember him and remember the love that he had for her. Um, other than that, my father always tried to grow a garden. I think my father was the same as yours. They tried to grow gardens. Yeah. They've, they've, they've tried. Yeah. He wasn't very successful at it all the time. I mean, he, he did get some stuff out of his garden, but never the um, amount he assumed he would get. Um, even to this day, you know, we moved to Florida, and I saw his garden. I, If you remember... I helped him make better soil for it, get better plants for it. Yeah. Start actually, remember his tree finally produced bananas. Yeah. He had the thing for like four years and never produced bananas. I taught him how to throw Epsom salt into the soil to make the bananas Grow. produce bananas. Right. right. So with, with that said, you know, my, my, uh, my foray as a child into gardening 
was not that good. I didn't have very good examples. I mean, my grandfather just grew roses. My dad was, I don't want to say a defeatist when it came to um, gardens, but that's basically what it was. My family, however, in Puerto Rico had a huge farm and they farmed that for years and years and years and years and years and it produced a ton of stuff, but that's different soil. That's a different place. Um, as I grow older, as I grew older, I learned myself how to garden and do the things that were necessary. And today I, I would say I have a really good green thumb. You do. I have a yeah. black thumb. So, I, I, I cannot grow anything. I, I tell people all the time I'm, I'm, I'm lucky my two children survived because I, I just cannot keep things alive. Yep. So plants are, are not my friend as far as that goes. I love plants. I work in a nursery right now. I love plants. I just can't touch them. They die. So with all that said, I wanted to give a little bit of background of where we stand when it comes to um, actual gardens. I don't know where you are. I don't know where your ideal is. However, I will say this. Growing a garden today is akin to what it was back during World War II. Almost everybody wants a garden. Almost everybody wants chickens. Almost everybody wants, you know, to grow something off the land to have for themselves because we've gotten so far away from that. Right. Um, with us, it's a little different in the heathen path because we do things a little more environmental-centric, you know, if you will. We, we look more toward the earth and stuff like that as part of our path along the way well we are a nature-based religion right so right. that goes along with the nature-based religion yeah. and getting back to the roots and connecting with the earth and the elements and things like that right. so it goes back to that so you know if you growing a garden will hearken to your ancestors growing a garden during world war ii and I think it may actually help you get a little closer to your ancestors in that sense. Right. You know, they did it out of necessity. You're doing it out of want, but that want is to connect with them. So with that said, you know, in America today, we can go to any Walmart and buy um, any number of different herbs that grow in our area um, to grow a garden. We also, this ties in also with the Innen Garden and the Uten Garden of your life. Um, the Uten Garden, which is the outside of your home can have these things in it and the fay and the whites and um, the different little people that live in the world that do things will use that area for congregating and getting their herbs as well. So it's a good idea to grow things like rosemary, sage, um, oregano, basil, basil, um, What's the other one that the caterpillars like? I can't think of the other one. No, no, for... the, the one, the other one that we have. Um, oh, parsley. parsley. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We cannot keep parsley to save our lives. We have the uh, black swallowtails here, and they will eat your parsley to nothing. Luckily, though, ironically, you say that, but it comes back each and every time. It does, it does. They say that they would take it down to nothing and there'd be nothing left, but in, ironically, every single time we continue to water it, we continue to feed them, and it comes back every single year, bigger, better, every time. Um, some of the other stuff you can do is lemongrass. And what else is there? Um, um, the sage. You're sage. on sage. Yep. Um, you can get blue sage, garden sage, pineapple, pineapple sage. sage. And you can use those for your smudging and smoking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're not... Harvesting. Getting, yeah, you're not harvesting or you're not um, 
putting an impact on the environment. white sage yep. that's endangered. Yep. So you have that ability to grow your own. And it works just as well for cleansing and, and smudging and stuff. Yep. And it tastes good too. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing is, I mean, if you look at with your local um, extension office, a lot of times they have tree sales. And we were really lucky to grab quite a few trees like crab apple and birch and oak. Um, cypress. Yeah, and cypress. Really cheap. Um, and cedar as well. We were able to get them really cheap. I think they were a buck twenty-five a pop. They were two dollars a pop. Two dollars a pop. Yeah. So it's not too bad if you go through your change, and then that would also give you some trees and stuff. Now, not every exchange does have those, but some do. And check out your local library yep. because they, some our local exchanges. library yeah. has a seed swap and a seed, a seed exchange and gardening clubs. Yep. So you can find that. Um, our local extension office in Utah hosted a seed swap every year yeah, really at, the, at the nature uh, preserve. Yeah. Um, so you get free admission to the nature preserve. You'd have a seed exchange. Um, people would exchange their um, gardening tips yeah. and their um, know-how with different herbs and spices and, and botanicals and everything else. So it was really neat to do that. And, uh, we went as beekeepers, and you would not believe the amount Number of people seeds, that were interested because we were there as beekeepers. What you would put in a pollination garden, right? What you would do to attract bees. Yeah, I ended up giving a lecture. It was pretty crazy. So it was pretty cool. It, it was really neat. With that all that said, there's an actual old 10th century poem, right? 10th yes. century poem, mm -hmm. and it's by the Anglo-Saxon. And what was it called again? It's called the Lochnunga. I, I don't know if right. I'm saying that for now. Correctly, but it's the English version of it. Um, I couldn't find it. it. It's called. It's written L A C N U G N U N G A. Um, translated from Old English to mean remedies. The nine herb charm. It's called the nine herb charm. I have right. it as a different thing. Okay. So as you begin to remember mugwort. Uh. No. Okay, so mine is the modernized version. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and read that to you, which is a modernized version, then I'll let you read yours, okay? Okay. All right, so mine starts with a modern English stylized translation of the Nine Herb Charm. Okay, now you got to remember a lot of this was taken by um, Christians and turned to a Christian thing. Um, so it's going to have some information that's Christian-based. Don't take that as the gospel, no pun intended. Remember, remember mugwort, what you brought to pass, what you readied at rag and meld. You called Una the most ancient plant. You defeat three. You defeat 30. You defeat venom. You defeat air illness. You defeat the horror who strikes the land. And you, waybred, plant mother, you're open to the east, yet mighty within. Carts cracked over you, women rode over you, over you brides bellowed, over you bulls snorted. You withstood it all, and you pushed back. You withstood venom, you withstood air illness, you withstood the horror who travels over land. Now this plant is called Stun, she who grows on stone. She defeats venom, she grinds away pain. She's called Stythe, she who withstands venom. She chases away malice, casts out pain. This is the plant that fought against the worm, spelled W-Y-R-M, 
She is mighty against Venom. She is mighty against Aerilnish. She is mighty against the horror who travels over the land. You, Venom loathe, go now, the less from the great, the great from the less, until you both he receives a remedy. Remember Chamomile, what you brought to pass, what you accomplished, at Alford, that no one should lose their life to disease, since for him chamomile was prepared. Finally, this plant is known as Wargula, or Wargulu, pardon me, who a seal sent over sea ridges to aid against venom. These nine plants defeat nine venoms. A worm came slithering, and yet he killed no one, for wise wood Woden took nine glory twigs and smote the serpent, who flew into nine parts. There apple overcame venom. There the worm could never find shelter. So what I had... Wait, is... I'm st there's still more. Okay. File and fennel, a most mighty pair. The wise lord shaped these plants while he wholly hung in the heavens. He sent them from the seven worlds, seven ages of men, for wretched and wealthy alike. She strands against pain. She stands against venom. She is potent against three and against thirty, against a foe's hand, against the great guile, against malice and bewitchment from animal and spirit. Now may the nine plants do battle against nine glory fleers against nine venoms and against nine air diseases, against the red venom, against the running venom, against the white venom, against the blue venom, against the yellow venom, against the green venom, against the black venom, against the blue venom, against the brown venom, against the purple venom, against worm blister, against water blister, against thorn blister, against thirst blister, against ice blister, against venom blister, if any venom comes flying from the east, or any comes from the north, or any from the west, over folk. Christ stood over illness of every kind, yet I alone know water running where the nine serpents guard. Now may all plants arise, sea ebbs, seas ebb, pardon me, all salt water, when I blow this venom from you. And that's the original, well, that's the charm in English. Okay. So I've got a, the, what I have is a little piece of that. Okay. So mine says, a worm came creeping, he tore asunder a man. Right. Then took Woden nine magic twigs, and he smote the serpent that he flew into nine bits. Now these nine herbs have power against the nine magic outcasts, not against nine venoms, against nine flying things, and against the loathed things that overland rove okay. against the red venom against the runlin venom against the white venom against the blue venom against the yellow venom against the green venom against the dusk dusky venom against the brown venom and against the purple venom so i think this is just a little snippet of what you of the have whole thing, right. right so if we go through that um we find that the main um pieces in there are uh, first chamomile Yes. Which is a beautiful little flower, and they know it in tea most of the time. Right. Um, but we can easily grow that in America and some other countries. 
And it's usually readily available in seed form, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Or you can sometimes at your local nursery pick up an actual plant of it. Right. Um, but most often, I think we find it in seed form. Next one's pretty funny because we actually find it growing on the side of the road here quite a bit. And it's nettle. Nettle. Yeah, but nettle. beware of nettle if you're going to harvest it. So I would suggest wearing gloves. Oh, absolutely. It's stingy. Because it's stingy. It, yeah. it, and it's a good... People use it for health benefits even today. Right. Same thing with chamomile. We all use it to relax. Uh, stinging nettle. I used to get stung by stinging nettle as a kid all the time. And we had the funniest name for it. We called it cowitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's funny because in the Boy Scouts, they teach about stinging nettle. And usually right by stinging nettle grows lamb's ear. Right, which will take away the, take the itch. Yeah, take away the itch. But yeah. we used to, we had a creek by my grandparents' house. And it would literally like be covered in stinging nettle. And that's how I always remember it as cowitch along the river. And we would always be warned, don't go in the creek because you're going to get cowitch. But I understand the benefits of it and stuff now. And a lot of people eat it, like mm -hmm. actually eat it, eat it, which yep. is pretty cool. Yep. So it's edible along with chamomile. Right. The next one is fennel. I, I don't personally like fennel. I feel it tastes like licorice, like black licorice. Um, but it is a good plant to add to things and to, especially sausage. I like it. In yeah, sausage. fennel seed fennel and, and sausage. Fennel and sage yeah. is really good in sausage. And I don't like it per se by itself, but I like it in that. Right. I don't like the fennel liquors and stuff like that because they have that, you know, like Sambuca flavor. Right. So next one is crab apple. Um, we had, what, four crab apple trees? Yes, yeah, but we had, they were only seedlings when yeah, we yeah, left but they, them. But they're yeah. probably big now, yeah. So they're, they're over four years old, so they should look pretty nice by now, crabapple um, seedlings. And crabapple, believe it or not, makes a really good cider. I've heard it makes a really good jelly, too. Yeah, it makes a really good jelly and really good cider, so that's good. Uh, mugwort. Um, I don't have much about mugwort. I don't know much about mugwort, personally. Um, it looks kind of like a chrysanthemum, they say. It's actually called a chrysanthemum weed, but right. it has a lot of potential. It can be a dye, uh -huh. an insect repellent. Um, it can be an ingredient in food. So yeah. it, it's it's got a lot of benefits right. to it as well. Uh, plantain, I know um, as a kid they wrote plantain as a um, decorative yarn flower. I always like to look for plantain because it's a wild grown plant. Like mm -hmm. you can find it almost anywhere and you can actually forage for it. If you don't feel like growing it in your yard, right. it's something you can forage for and look for all the time out in nature. Yep. Um, you used to look for it for the boy scouts because yep. it would be a good band aid. Yeah, actually. Um, so that's another way you can get plants. If you don't have the room to get a garden garden or you don't have the space, you can always go out and forage. And there's a lot yeah. of people that actually do that. They forage for um, e uh, edible um, health related plants. That's how the original apothecary did it, you know? Right, right. They would forage for it. So that's always an option too, is to forage for things. When I was a kid, I remember foraging for dandelion because yep. we used to eat dandelion all the time as a kid. Next one is watercress. Now, when I was in um, Utah, it was really ironic that uh, watercress was on here because the guys that would pan for gold would look for watercress in the rivers because that's where it would become settled. And that's what would grow in that settled spot. Really? River. Right. So that's where whenever there's a flood and the big things are moving, that's where the heavy stuff would settle down mm. and sit where the watercress would grow. Um, of course, watercress is edible. I enjoy it. It has a peppery kind of flavor yep. to it. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. Um, now, the next few I don't know much about, like uh, Sherville. Right. I don't know what that even is. Uh, 
Neither do I, but I'm I'm yeah. trying to read a little bit about it here. One one's called Cockspur or Grass of Bentney. Those are the other two I don't know much about. Um, they may grow specifically in the um, English area or in the um, like North area there. So I'm not familiar with them. The pictures I'm looking at, I'm I'm doing some research while Joe's reading about these. Um, the Cockspur grass actually kind of looks like a rye grain. Okay. Um, it looks real tall and, and rye grain. Betony looks to me like a salvia plant almost. Okay. So it, it's got those... Like a butterfly bush almost? Almost like a butterfly bush, but the flowers are a little bit bigger. Okay. Um, like almost like a cross between lavender and uh, salvia. Right. And purple flowers. So those are the things you can, those are the nine plants. Okay. So Now to those for your, your own herb garden at home, I would add things like rosemary. I know for a fact down here in the south, rosemary turns into a beautiful, beautiful flowering bush, which will actually turn into oh, a yeah, big it's, tree. Oh yeah, it's beautiful here. Yeah, if, if uh, trimmed properly. So um, I have some friends who grew some, and I grew a huge rosemary bush um, just over a two-year period. It was mm -hmm. so big. It was incredible. Um, the other things are lemongrass, and let me tell you what lemongrass does twofold for you: keeps away mosquitoes, keeps away stuff like that. But you're also able to use it in your food, and you're able to make teas out of it, and uh, poultices and stuff like that, which are really good. And it is a prolific grower. If you split every year, you split that thing in half and plant the other half someplace else, it'll grow up mm -hmm. and it'll keep growing. Um, we start out with a small one-gallon pot of lemongrass that probably had about six sprigs in it and when I ended I had my whole front of my 46 foot porch full of bushes of lemongrass and I was giving it away left and right and I still had more and I would harvest probably a half of each clump each year and have so much lemongrass it was just unbelievable one thing you one thing we like to have in our house um usually as a window plant, is aloe vera. Yep, aloe is a good one. And if you live in the south like we do, you're able to go ahead and plant that right outside, and it grows really well. It does grow really well. And yep. it's it's one of those things that you can eat it, right. drink it, yep. and use it for sun. Our, our son gets sunburned like there's no tomorrow. He's white-skinned and, and yeah. red-haired, and he burns like to a crisp. Yep. So we like to keep aloe on hand like that for him getting sunburns. Yep. And there's a couple other things. Um, again, like I said, like I'd recommend the oregano and the parsley and different things like that they use consistently. And in these gardens, you know, they don't have to be huge. Um, one of the things that I do personally is I had a friend who had a bunch of cats, and I would get their litter buckets, drill a couple holes in the bottom of the litter buckets, fill them with some good soil, and uh, go ahead and plant the stuff in there. Um, when I say good soil, your best bet is perlite and peat moss and some manure. And then you just flip it out each year, mix it around, put it back in each of the containers. I was going to say where I work, a lot of people buy potting soil. Right. And I tell them if you're going to plant it in something bigger or in the ground, potting soil is really not your best soil. No. You want to get either garden soil or um, a mix of topsoil and uh, cow manure and kind of mix it. One and two one. one. No, two, so one. two to one. Two to okay, one. Two to yeah. one. Um, it makes two it a, part soil, one part manure. It makes it a really fertile soil. Yep. 
Um, it makes it really good for plants, especially if they're going in bigger, bigger pots or in the ground because they've got more of the nutrients and stuff in it. Right. So I like to tell people to do that rather than buying potting soil, which is actually a lot more expensive and not as good for your bigger plants. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So with all that said, I mean, um, you could do a quad fold thing where you're building something for yourself. You're building something for medicine. You're building something for culinary and you're building something for your Uten garden. Um, for the, you know, the, the little people out there in your garden, the things that help you outside of um, there. You can build them little homes in it. You can put little gnomes and stuff on there. And to be honest with you, it looks nice and it's accessible. Mint is one of the other ones I would definitely recommend. Yeah, mint will actually help keep predators out of your, or um, other animals out of your garden that you don't yep. want to eat your edible stuff too yep. um and marigolds if you can get calendula marigolds yeah you can Double plant fold those again. you can put those around the perimeter of your garden it'll keep out animals that'll most likely want to eat the stuff inside your garden yep um we learned that as a trick real early yep. um and if you have chickens marigolds actually are good for the chickens to eat too they love You're them there. yeah so um, with all that said i mean those are the things that you can go pretty easily um, especially if you're in the South and even in the North over the summer, you can yeah. grow these pretty easily. Yeah. Um, as far as food goes, and that's entirely up to you, but for the spices and the herbs and the medicine garden, this is what I recommend for your medicine garden um, and your rooting garden for little people because they'll use it as well. So get them sages in the ground, get them rosemaries, parsleys, mints, you know, lemongrasses, mugworts, chamomile, all that good stuff. Get it in the ground and let me know how you harvest. Let me know how it works out for you. Um, every year I give big bundles away to friends and family of stuff. And I love it, you know, cause they get their fresh herbs, you know, to do whatever they want with their, no offense. I'm going to say their witchy stuff or their mm -hmm. culinary stuff, whichever they like, they're able to come and get, you know, a big bunch of, uh, herbs from me. So, and I like doing that cause it helps out the community quite a bit. So with that said, I want to thank you for joining me for this long modern heathen man. It's a little 25 minutes so i apologize for that um would you like to add anything before we go i think i'm good i want to wish everybody a blessed star i wish they had a good one i hope they had a good one um today i want to hail the gods for the beautiful weather they brought us i want to hail um, the gods for the great soil that we have um i want to hail you for wanting to be a better heathen and hope that everything works out for you this week and i look forward to the next modern heathen man Thank you and have a great day. Thank you.